This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome in to this Thursday edition of The Big Show on ESPN 100.5, 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey and Brendan Schaefer here. No producer Chris today, but he'll be back later. You can call or text us at 875-KTGR here on this Thursday. It, it's still... It's still pretty raw, uh, what happened yesterday. Uh, if you were listening to us yesterday, you know it was uh, a very different show right on the heels of a very tragic event that happened at the end of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. We will talk a, a little bit more about that, and we will get the perspective of uh, someone who was there, Natalie Jones, a sports director for ABC 17. Had, we'll get her viewpoint of of the events that uh, that occurred yesterday. Of course, we'll we'll get you any updates that are coming from Kansas City. There were some updates this morning that we'll get to in just a second. But we'll also like uh, Brendan. Did, yesterday was a tough day to where you know we're we're humans and we have actual feelings and emotions about what's happening. We have to get that out there, and that's most Absolutely. important. Yeah. And then at the same time, we know you come to us for an escape from things like that, and we wanted to at least provide that too with some 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 sports talk about you know the the events of of the week uh, outside of what was happening there. We'll, we'll still get to do that today as well. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe clean up some of the talk that we had about chiefs off season stuff uh, here in just a few minutes uh, because we know it was a little bit off and on because we had to get you the important updates that you needed to know from, from Kansas city following the aftermath of, uh, of yesterday's tragic uh, deadly shooting. Um, So we'll continue to get you that. We'll get you Natalie Jones's perspective at 425. And then how about some Cardinals talk? Because, Brendan, you're you're in Florida. I'm and, in it. Uh, you're in it. I'm in the middle of it all. And you've gotten to see some some new pitchers sporting Boy, some sporting some very ugly uniforms, but there's that's not <laughs> that's that's out of their Ouch. control. That's not that's not on them. You know what? It just dawned on me why Sonny Gray looks so good in his bullpen today. He wasn't wearing the damn thing. Oh, he was wearing well. a t-shirt. Oh boy. No wonder he looks so good. Well, we'll get uh, your thoughts on how these uh, new pitchers with the Cardinals look. And John Mozeliak did mention uh, the idea of a six-man rotation to start the season. That's maybe the key uh, qualifier there. Uh, thoughts on that, too, at 5.05. And uh, Carrick Jackson, Mizzou baseball coach, that, that season starts tomorrow. Mizzou baseball is in California for their first uh, road series of the 2024 season, playing Cal Poly for four games. Uh, doubleheader tomorrow, by the way. That's a schedule change from uh, from earlier. But their uh, first-year head coach, Carrick Jackson, joins us at 545 to preview the season. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now, the Big Show's Big Deal. All right, real quickly, just to update you, and you heard most of this in the, uh, the National Sports Center as well, but uh, the Kansas City Police was updating earlier this morning that they uh, believe that the mass shooting that left one person dead and 22 injured after the Chiefs Super Bowl parade appeared to have stemmed from a dispute between several people. Uh, they don't expect, uh, they don't detect any uh, act of 
terrorism from this. Uh, it seemed that it was a dispute between multiple individuals. Multiple shots were fired. They again confirmed one person died, 22 people injured. Uh, the Those injured in the shooting ranged between ages of 8 and 47 years old. Half of the injured were under the age of 16. And uh, the fire chief saying that uh, those victims, including eight critically hurt and seven in serious condition, they're currently being uh, treated at various hospitals. Three people were detained, two of whom were juveniles, and firearms were recovered uh, during the scene. So those are the latest updates from the Kansas City Police Department uh, from earlier this morning. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here on the show. So that's that update. And again, we'll get our uh, we'll get the perspective of Natalie Jones, who was at the parade yesterday at 425. We do want to kind of, Brendan, uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the the offseason priorities, right, um, for, for a team like the Chiefs. Uh, again, three Super Bowls in five years. Uh, we were sort of talking about it yesterday, about free agents that are to be for this offseason from the Chiefs and how many would you kind of want to keep. And, I mean, it kind of went down each position group, but there's priorities, with these yeah wonder, for sure and i wonder if like the tiers are, are something we can make here all of a sudden like eh, what's kind of the the highest priority on down to uh, if this guy stays great if not we can live with it yeah do you have a number one because i think i i have it in my head who i think is of the guys we're talking about from this year's team to bring back right like i think th- it would be a big priority to add a wide receiver like a meaningful one but in terms of the guys that we're asking, should they come back? Should the Chiefs make it a priority to bring guy A, B, C all the way down to Z? I think Blaine Gabbert was your Z yesterday, even though you let off with him. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was just quarterback <laughs> to running back. It was a natural progression, I guess. It's I fine. Know. But I think there's one guy for me that I think is, the I would say, the most important to bring back. And I'm curious if we'll have the same name. Okay. Do you have one in mind? I do. It's maybe based on how likely it is to happen. That's fair. We're living in reality, so we're trying to adhere to that. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. (laughs) Okay, all right. What do you got? I got Legarius Sneed. Yeah, me too. Yeah? Me too. That's my guy. Yeah, Yeah, man, I think he's a a force in the secondary. I think McDuffie is coming along real nice. He's a difference maker. But how good is it to have multiple guys – where you can lock down the opposing top receiving weapons and then force teams to either be one-dimensional or try and fight an uphill battle in an area of the game where they're not as likely to succeed because of what the Chiefs have on the outside defensively. I think that's a huge spot. And like you said, is Chris Jones not important? That's not what we're saying. No. But we're thinking likelihood, it feels like that's going to be a jagundous bag of cash that Chris Jones is going to get. And it's not to say that Sneed's not going to get paid handsomely as well, Andy, but I think the Sneed deal just feels more doable for where the Chiefs are. And I don't know, like, who's more impactful individually? I don't know the answer to that. But I think with the you could see a world in which you can withstand the loss of Jones, I think, more so than Sneed, because I do have some faith in some of the guys they have up front and I do have it already in my head that maybe you could draft a guy like Darius Robinson, or maybe you find other examples and ways to backfill. Maybe the rest of the guys that are that are free agents on that defensive line, you bring back a number of those guys to make sure there's not 
a significant drop-off at the position group. But I think Snead is a guy that is unique in what he can do in the secondary, and it might be easier to fill Jones's production. You're not going to match him. You won't replace him, but to maybe try and make up for his production in other ways. It's really interesting because, look, again, I think you're right. Snead, it's not like he just started doing this. Like, there's, there's a track record with him. Maybe not as the best corner in the league, which is what he was this year by some of those metrics, but there is a clear run of consistency that you've gotten from Legarius Sneed through his rookie deal and how he has looked, and I think you have to you have to try and lock that down. Um, it is not going to it's not going to downplay though how big of a loss Chris Jones would be. And you say Darius Robinson, I mean, sure, that, that's a natural fit, and he's mocked around the same area. I would I would wonder if he's going to last that long to 32, but um, it, you almost wonder, it, could he move back to D-tackle, right? Like, is, is that in the cards for Darius Robinson all of a sudden? Do the Chiefs think that? Like, And, and what could that look like again? Because he was great as a DN last year, and... And it just added to his profile, and it benefited him. And he's talked about this before. It benefited him to be able to show NFL scouts, hey, I can go here, I can go here. Doesn't matter where you put me, I'm going to try and produce for you. And I have done it. So it would be a nice piece, but I don't know if it's enough. I think you need to tap into the free agent market some way, somehow, at D-Tackle if you are, whether it's Chris Jones or somebody else, I do think something has to happen there. There has to be a contingency plan, I think, more so than just the draft. Could be interesting, though, and because that's kind of how I feel about wide receiver, too. I, I feel like the free agency market, if, you're, if the Chiefs are serious about upgrading the spot, free agency market is the way to go, and maybe not bank on your first overall pick being the solution. Right. Well, and I mean, part of that is... I know we always joke about the cap's not real, but I also don't know there is probably, presumably, eventually a limitation to the money they can spend. Yeah. So I don't exactly necessarily know who all the players are going to be in free agency. And if you're, like, going to spend significantly in free agency, just try to bring back Chris Jones, right? But that's he's going to be at the top of that class in terms of the free agents at the position. So, yeah, maybe there are other ways to supplement I feel like I do have a familiarity at wide receiver with the guys that I want to see the Chiefs go after. I do want that to be an area of expenditure because, yes, you can win the way the Chiefs won this year. Like, we just saw them do it. But, Andy, it, like, wasn't always that fun. Like, it was hard for a while to watch this team. No. So, for me, and maybe this is silly, but I think it's more... I don't know if sustainable is even the right word, but I think it's a better path forward to say, hey, that greatest of all time quarterback you have, it's okay to not say, hey, man, do it with nothing at your disposal. I'm okay with giving him a weapon, right? The Chiefs let Tyreek Hill go, and I think it ended up being the right decision for the organization. How could you argue with it? They won two Super Bowls since that happened. He, They supplemented last year and had some pieces at receiver that they had enough, right? Juju filled his role. They tried to draft Sky Moore to make him a, a guy. They they trade for Kadarius Tony. Some of the play-ins worked out. Some of them didn't, but they won the darn Super Bowl. And then they win it again this year with even less in terms of the 
pieces behind Travis Kelsey. Now you go into a season where Travis Kelsey's another year older. I think he's still incredibly productive. But I also think it's a, it's about time you get Mahomes another dude. Yeah. So that's where I want the money to go. Find ways to, yeah, free agency is going to have to be a factor on the defensive line if you lose Chris Jones. That doesn't, that production doesn't just get filled via magic, right? It's not Harry Potter. Like, so you have to recognize that's a loss. But I'm also willing to say, roll the dice a little bit in that area like you did at wide receiver this year and it didn't pan out. Kind of switch it by saying, we're going to spend on, we're going to spend some of that money on a guy that, like, if, again, Mike Evans is my guy. I think even over T. Higgins. Just that big body, Mahomes put it on his body and he's going to catch it. Like that would be really enticing to me. But I think that's my area of go out and spend more so than the Chris Jones spot personally, or anybody else to replace Chris Jones in, in free agency. No, I, I think I think that could be it too. And and again, there are ways to to work around that to where you know if you're if you're overhauling the the wide receiver position a little bit too. Like if you're saying, okay, MVS, we're going to not pay your big salary. We're, sorry. You're going to, you're going to be cut loose. Uh, if, if they cut loose on Kadarius Tony or Sky Moore or other if. guys, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, a big if, um, but I mean, it's, it, there are ways to open up some of that space anyway, even with, uh, even with being trying to choose between, who are you going to splurge for in free right. agency, a D-tackle or a wide receiver? Uh, ben texting at 875-KTGR. If we let go of Willie Gay, C-E-H, Edwards, I believe he means Edwards Alaire. Yeah. Or Mike Clyde Edwards. Edwards is Mike Edwards? Uh, Mike Edwards for... is a free agent, I believe. Okay. Uh, if I he's looked an, out. Yes, he's he is. He's a guy we did not mention yesterday that we should have. Yes. Who played a, played a key role down the stretch. So, uh, But that's just another. So anyway, continue yeah, with the text. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. And but. MVS. About Fourteen million dollars in cap relief just from MVS, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, and again, Willie Gay, Ceh, and Edwards, not counting towards your um, your cap, keep Sneed, Jones, and Tranquil. Is there a way to keep both? Oh That's, boy, I don't know, here's, man. Here's the uncomfortable question about Chris Jones, and we had this conversation when he was holding out at the beginning of this season. All right, he's 29 years old. He'll be 30 the next time the Chiefs play a football game. Yep. I'm not saying he's over the hill, but it's kind of like you're at that crossroads where you say Chris Jones is going to be a menace in 2024, and he's probably going to be pretty damn good in 25. But, like, when when do you start to say, oh, man, now it's sort of a hit to the cap that's not reflective of the results we're getting? And, you know, NFL contracts, they can make them – such that you could probably cut the guy in a few years down the road, but you're going to, the cap plays into that and the guaranteed money plays into that. And so I'm not saying I don't want him. I'm just saying, what if, what if they exhausted the maximum results from Chris Jones to where now might make sense to allocate differently, not to say a word of his play. He was everything in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He was in Brock Purdy's face all night. But I think there could be a way to just maximize your resources more effectively. And absolutely, that includes getting rid of MVS. God bless him. But I told you two years ago on this show, like, they signed who for $11 million a season? You know, I wasn't I wasn't thrilled, yeah, yeah. if you recall, no, I get it. I the day that contract was announced. So I'm just saying I think you can do a lot of the things you're laying out, and you bring back Snead. I agree, bring back Tranquil. 
<sighs> Chris Jones, I, I would love it, man. He's out there crying before the Super Bowl. He loves it. He wants to be a chief. He said at the parade he was going to. I'm yeah. just kind of wondering if it's just if it's just time from know, a business man. perspective. Right. Yeah. Nothing about his play, but just business-wise. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, at some point, you know, a player and a team probably have a good relationship and they want to try and get it done. But, yeah, the the business side gets in the way. And they there's can just a natural it. kind of uh, crossroads here. Like, okay, like, we've we've kicked the can down the road enough and now – we're at ahead, and there's no spite in it. There's no spite. Oh. In it. They they move mountains to have that holdout end and make yes. sure that we, you know, that was important. They had to have him, and it it could have gone the other way this past fall. It could have gone the other way, and it didn't. And he won another Super Bowl with them. But I think it's now it's like, you know, it's that breakup where everybody's like, we're still friends. We still we, we still will always love each other, mm-hmm. but we can't. It just might make sense to go our separate ways right now for both parties. Like Chris Jones going to get, he's going to get just a Scrooge McDuck bag of money from somebody. And he deserves that. But with where the Chiefs are and their their team needs and their strengths and their weaknesses, they may not be the team that makes the most sense to provide the, the gigantic, comically large bag of gold that Chris Jones is going to, is going to see this offseason. That's just, my, that's just me. No, no, I get it. The texture was – I love the texture's idea, and I think it's close to being viable. you keep both, Sneed and Jones, oh, boy. But here's my question. Something. This is a hypothetical, so yeah. don't treat it like it's the, the only okay. thing. But right. I'm going to give you Chris Jones or Mike Evans. Who you got? Because <laughs> I know my answer. Oh, boy. It's not just because of fantasy football, but could you imagine no, Mike Evans on the it. Chiefs? <laughs> I think he's still I, – I was wrong about Mike Evans. I thought he was – I'm like, oh, he's getting older. He's kind of cooked. He's inconsistent. He had a great year. Baker Mayfield had a great year, but it was also in part because of Mike Evans just continuing to be his his consistent great self. When I say consistent, maybe not game to game, but every year he's got he's putting up the numbers. Every year of his career he's doing it. I think he would be a freak on the Chiefs. Man, if they can make the money work, absolutely I'm in for it. Um That'd be it. It'd be now. Here's the thing: temporary fix. You're talking about Travis Kelsey getting older. But Evans right. is 34, right? So yeah, he's so not around might, for long. That might be, but that might also. So you can go a couple of ways. That might be like the Cardinals signing Sonny Gray, where they're like, he's at the peak of his performance. Okay, like yeah. Mike Evans is right. is is still there, but he realizes we realize that maybe it's not a super long contract. Evans is 30. I don't know if you said he was 34. Um, oh come on, spot track. Oh man, seriously? <laughs> wow. But, but okay. in, in fairness, that, that's, that's still under the bus. Yeah. This isn't MLB. This is the NFL where you get to thirty and, and you go, okay, like guys start to hit that wall wide receivers. At those positions in particular. Running yeah. back, wide receiver, it happens. Would you sign Evans to a two, three year contract or like a two year deal, big money could cut him after the third year in a you know, kind of like the MVS deal, but just more money, like a, probably like a lot more money. I would do something like that. I don't know if Evans is going to go, I that's need the longest what, uh, deal possible. See, that's uh, MVS will take that deal. I don't know if Evans will. That's, no, the, I'm that's saying, the thing. So MVS was like average annual value of like $11 million, Right. But like I'm saying, I don't know, triple it. Like I, 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 legitimately, no, 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 no. I don't know what wide receivers make off the top of my head. It's not my jurisdiction uh, to like his look cap at hit, Mike every Evans' day. cap hit last year was $23.6 million. Who's a who's another comparable wide receiver that recently signed a deal? I mean, we're talking like a 
long time contract or just yeah. You know, so like, active? how old was how old was Tyreek when he signed with the Dolphins? He oh, was a Tyreke, little younger. Yeah, he was a little younger because yeah. he's not even thirty yet. No. So like that was a four year, hundred and twenty million dollar contract. I'm saying Mike Evans three years and. Is it crazy to say in the sixties in the with like you know I mean, whatever maybe. the guarantee whatever the guarantees that's what I'm trying to trying to find out you know but MBS's was like three years the first two years were pretty much you needed to have him and then you could cut him after two I'm saying if you structured it where Mike Evans gets a bundle of cash like don't compare the amount annually to MBS just the the idea of like hey kind of that three year contract. But if Evans wants it to be the longest he can possibly get, you know, could he get a four-year deal? I don't know. Depends who's desperate enough. I think Adam Thielen well, he just signed, got a three-year the, deal this offseason. The recent deal that he signed was a five-year deal. That was back in 2018. And he was younger, right? right yeah, younger. he was younger. And uh, the, the guys after him who have signed long deals, you mentioned Hill. That was four years, $120 million. Devontae Adams was the biggest, five years, $140 million. And he was a little older too when he signed right. that. He's uh, yeah, he signed that a couple years ago, and he's twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine when he signed it. Yeah, so the, yeah, he's now into his thirties. And uh, but but yeah, you were talking about other guys like uh, Amari Cooper and AJ Brown who signed it even younger, and they were by they're around the hundred million dollar um, total range. Golly, but for a guy who's already thirty before the deal is signed, right? You got to turn that down. Right? He'll be yeah. thirty-one in August. I think a three-year deal, but like, yeah, he could make twenty-five million a year, Andy. Like that could happen, at least for the first two years of a contract. Man. So I don't know. I don't know what he'll make. I don't know what Chris Jones will make. But if we were just playing the game of which would you rather have, I'm taking the elite receiver. But you make a good point about Kelsey. If he gets to a point where you know eventually he's either going to slow down or or retire at the top whenever that is. It's not going to be this year. He's going to play at least one more. We know Andy Reid's going to be back. That's the sense. Yeah. But eventually you do have to reckon with that. T. Higgins would be interesting, man. You would piss off Bengals fans. But <laughs> I, I just don't – I don't like – he's not as reliable to me. I know he's much younger, but he's like the most frustrating guy for fantasy football because he's injured, but he like still plays a snap. And you go, what's wrong with T. Higgins? Why can't he get out there and grit through something? Mike Evans is like a tough dude. I know he's older, but I would say that's fine. Give me the older guy, and then you have him for a couple years. He kind of coincides. Him and Kelsey maybe play with you for a couple, two, three years. And Kelsey, I don't know if Kelsey will play that long, but whatever it is. And then you're like, by then, Rasheed Rice can be extended. You can draft another. I think you can do that. You can have another veteran, a 30-plus guy, and get you can be fine with it. Yeah. Rather than say, oh, I need a young guy. But the young guy isn't the guy that embodies what I want in a hard-nosed wide receiver. Like T. Higgins, God bless him. I just don't think he's that guy. I don't think he's going to be playing 17 games a year for the next three years. It's very interesting. The wide receiver room could offer some opportunity for some changes for the Chiefs. How much ability will they be able to do that? That'll be something to ponder about. Uh, 875-KTGR, talking some off-season priorities uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, you can give us your thoughts, 875-5847. We are uh, continuing to uh, update anything else we know. Uh, there hasn't been new information since this morning uh, from the uh, from the tragic events yesterday at the parade, at the very end of the parade in, in front of Union Station. Uh, deadly shooting, one uh, passed away, 22 others injured. And, uh, of course, 
thoughts and prayers go out to everybody over there. And it's not enough. We know that uh, we know change needs to happen. But um, there was somebody there that uh, has some perspective on uh, what happened yesterday and uh, and was there and had had a view of things. And Natalie Jones, uh, sports director for ABC 17, will join us to, to, to give her thoughts on on all of that as we uh, roll along here on The Big Show, KTGR. It's Andy and Brendan. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. We're back on The Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy and Brendan. And, uh, of course, we're still thinking a lot about what happened yesterday in Kansas City and how shocking it was and, and how sad it was to what was supposed to be a, a great day, celebrating a, a Chiefs victory, but then all of a sudden chaos breaks out, uh, shots are fired, someone dies, and and several more injured. Uh, hopefully those injured are, are, are being treated well, and we understand that that's uh, the case still, but uh, still sending out our, our, our thoughts about uh, everyone in Kansas City about what happened yesterday. And uh, here to join us to give her perspective uh, on what she saw there uh, while covering it for ABC 17 uh, during the Chiefs parade. Natalie Jones, sports director, joins us here on the KTGR hotline to uh, talk about it. And Natalie, first off, just the, the ecstatic that you are safe and, and your crew uh, was able to, uh, to to cover what you needed to cover uh, from a safe distance. But I'm sure just kind of a a shocking uh, moment to have to to deal with there and and a day in general that I'm sure took a, a huge turn for you too. Yeah, Andy, you know, like you mentioned, it's it's such a day that was is about celebration and really love, you know, for, for the people of Kansas City and the players of the Kansas City Chiefs and everyone in attendance. And, you know, it, like you said, it just really – it took such such a harsh turn from, you know, everything that we saw. You know, we were out there. It was a gorgeous day in Kansas City. We interviewed so many kids and so many parents who were so excited to have their kids out there with them. And, you know, to see it take that turn and, you know, that to have have that be the memory that, that those kids and, you know, those adults, all of them carry with them from that day. It's just it's, it's such a tragedy. Yeah, for sure. So I, I guess uh, from from your perspective, take take us through uh, where you were, what you saw when when it was happening. Just just anything you remember from it, and how you kind of responded to everything going on. Right. So we were. Um... Fortunately, we were up the hill. Uh, for those of you who don't know Kansas City that well, the World War One Memorial is, is up the hill a bit from Union Station. It kind of looks down on Union Station there. We were up there covering the parade um, and kind of looking down on everything. And the parade had really, you know, just ended. The speeches were done. They were kind of playing that music that really takes the Chiefs off the stage, and they start going inside of Union Station to eventually load the buses. We kind of, uh, me and my my uh, my colleague. Lucas Geisler from ABC 17 here. He was also there with me. We were kind of getting ready for our live shots, you know, planning what we're going to talk about from the day, the speeches, all of that stuff. And all of a sudden we just, you know, people kind of get intense around us. We kind of noticed some things and uh, we didn't see anything, right? We we didn't hear anything. And we, we hear that, you know, the reports of shots fired. So we kind of look down and when you do look down the hill, you could see people kind of running, running around. You don't really know what it is, uh, you know, uh, uh, at first. 
and you do see people running. But important to note, it was such a windy day, and uh, the music was so loud that the people on the lawn who weren't down right next to Union Station, you would think they were just exiting the parade because the parade was done at that point. So they were all just walking very calmly away, but then just you know a few feet down on, on that concrete level where Union Station was, it was a little bit more chaotic. And, uh, you know, the police, I would like to say, Kansas City Police did an excellent job, you know, getting everyone out. They, everyone was very calm. They didn't cause mass panic. Everyone got out of that parade site. And it was just kind of a shocking image, though. You know, a lot of people didn't know what was happening. I, I saw kids, you know, tossing around a football in the north lawn of, of uh, the war memorial as all of this was unfolding down, you know, by, by Union Station. And, um, you know, I talked to people that were inside Union Station. I know someone who was in there. And... They said that, you know, it, they thought it was fireworks at first. They, they weren't quite sure what it was. And obviously, once they deduced what had happened, everyone was locked down. But from our perspective, you know, really what we saw was a lot of police presence. I mean, I remember last night, I could still hear the sirens ringing in my ears after I even got back here in Columbia. We just heard so many sirens pouring into downtown uh, and, you know, blocking off the scene. They started putting up crime scene tape and, you know, really evaluating what had happened there. But no, the Kansas City Police did a really excellent job, I think, of getting everyone out and making sure everyone stayed calm, really. I mean, there wasn't too much mass panic when it came up to, to the lawn. I know a lot of people got some scrapes down by the by the uh, Union Station when they were running away and stuff like that. I hate to hear that. But overall, really more calm than I would have ever, you know, expected in a situation like that when people were leaving. Natalie Jones, sports director for ABC 17 here on the Big Show KTGR, giving her accounts of uh, her perspective from the Chiefs parade yesterday and the tragic events uh, that occurred uh, during the shooting. And so, yeah, you know, when you're uh, talking about how it kind of uh, flowed from uh, from where it happened in front of Union Station to kind of where you were up the hill near the War Memorial, uh, I mean, uh, as you were talking to people, I guess just uh, – what were they kind of saying to you about uh, if if they were talking about uh, around where they were? Just kind of what, what was the general feeling of of people there? As as again, it, news just kind of spread word of mouth almost of of what was happening in the moment and how people had to react to it. I'm sure. Right. It did kind of feel like word of mouth. And, you know, you kind of look around and you see a little bit of running. You're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. But, you know, and people are leaving the parade. You're like, oh, you know, maybe people are just leaving really quickly. But that's kind of how it spread was really word of mouth. I think the consensus we got from a lot of people is that a lot of people did not know what was going on. Um which is kind of the, the scary part of it. You know, there was that dangerous situation happening right down there. And due to the music and due to the wind, most of the population there, unless you were right on top of it, didn't know what was going on. So that's kind of the consensus we got from people that, you know, we talked to. And, you know, like I said, I talked to someone inside a union station. It was really unclear to them, too. And they were way closer to it than I was and a lot of the people we talked to were. So that that's kind of the, the scary thing, you know, about that situation is that some people who were down close on the lawn didn't hear it even though they were relatively close to the situation yeah for sure and, and again anytime that, that that sort of thing happens you do have to really react in the moment and that's what everyone was doing uh, with with every resource that they could uh, of course you know the, the the chief saying that, uh, that every one of their players was uh, was safe and their families and everything like that and that's good to hear and we've kind of heard some of the the stories from uh, from the chiefs about how how they're trying to help individual players like Trey Smith and uh, and James Winchester and even Andy Reid trying to comfort people but what what did you kind of heard afterward of how people were trying 
trying to respond to this and and comfort people who were struggling with uh, either injuries uh, as serious as they were or or just utter shock? Well, the thing that was so interesting to me, I mean, like in that moment, you know, you think of these Chiefs players, all these people that these people, everyone, you know, a crowd of you know, however many a million people gather to see, right? And when it comes down to it in a situation like this, we're all just just people, you know, and you, you see Andy, you hear stories about Andy Reid and, you know, Trey Smith and all these people helping just, just fellow people, you know, you go there to see these heroes in your eyes, but it, it, we're in that moment, you know, we're all we're all on the same level there. And it, it was really inspiring to hear, you know, about Kansas City Chiefs helping people like that and, you know, obviously so thankful that they're all safe as well. But no, you saw a lot of reaction on social media, uh, from them, you know, they're all obviously so very upset. I know I saw a tweet from Marquez Valdez Scantling that said, if there's any way he can help, um, he would love to be able to help those people. So I know, I'm sure in the coming weeks, you're going to hear more and more about Chiefs players and really probably the whole Chiefs organization finding a way to help Kansas City as the city really is going to try to heal here. For sure. Natalie Jones, sports director for ABC 17 here on the big show, KTGR, talking about uh, her, her perspective from the Chiefs parade yesterday. And I know... Uh, <laughs> Today took a turn for for you too, you know, having to cover something completely different than what you were uh, originally planning, and it was on the heels of you uh, being in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl right uh, before that, and then you uh, essentially, I assume, go straight to Kansas City for for covering that event. But just uh, to have uh, to have it all turn uh, all at once, I mean, just your thoughts on the uh, on the perspective that, that we should have afterward on on something like this or what or, or whatever you felt afterward uh in a day that i'm sure uh had very different feelings from start to finish well, exactly. I mean, you know, thankfully, you know, I'm so thankful that we were far from the situation. But, you know, just, you know, being a human being, it's it's really hard to even be near it, you know, and seeing it, the aftermath of it kind of unfold in person. You know, you see, you know, armed policemen on the rooftops. You see all these different things. It's really jarring image to, to see as a human being. And, you know, obviously, you know, sending all my thoughts and prayers to all the victims in Kansas City and, of course, the woman who died in Kansas City as well. You know, it, it's heartbreaking. It it really is. And, you know, I was kind of, I caught myself just thinking like, you know, in those situations, sometimes I'm like, wow, you know, sometimes some of this, like some of the sports stuff, sports is always such an escape. And sometimes when this bleeds into sports, right, it, it, it makes it kind of feel like it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? When, when you talk about, I was thinking just minutes before this happened, I was talking about Travis Kelsey's speech. I was talking about Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, wow, like, this stuff really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like when it comes down to it, like it's fun to cover. It's important to a lot of people, but when it comes down to it, we're all just human beings. And and that was something that I really took away from yesterday. You know, you have these heroes in your lives, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, whoever it might be, but when it comes down to it, we're all just human beings. And I really think that's what it came down to for me yesterday, you know, really obviously far from the event that happened. I was up the hill from it, but really just a sombering feeling, you know what I mean? Just sometimes you, it really puts a lot of things in perspective, you know, of what we cover and what we do day to day. You know, it really just comes down to people. Yeah, and uh, that, that that became the most important thing all of a sudden, uh, just people trying to help people in those moments. And again, it, you hate that it had to happen uh, in a way like that, um, but people responded the way that they did, and for the most part, uh, pe- people helped out wherever they could, including uh, the Chiefs. So, uh, again, we're 
we're saddened that it that it happened, and and uh, I'm sure Natalie that you're still trying to you know mentally recover from it and everything like that. But again, we really appreciate you coming on today, and first and foremost, we are uh, really glad that you and the crew again uh, when you were covering something that you thought you were going to have to cover, and then all of a sudden it, it gets blown up, and you're covering something completely different. Uh, to be able to stay safe through all of that, we're really glad that that was the case. Um, so so again, thinking about you and the crew, and uh, again, thanks for sharing your perspective on the big show today and i promise that we will have you on the show during much better circumstances the next time <laughs> i appreciate it andy thank you very much you bet it is uh 441 on the big show ktgr so um yeah just really glad to have natalie's perspective on that um and, and you know just kind of hearing some of the stories from from yesterday i mean it, it's all really scary um, you do kind of see though some some positive like stories of people helping people of trying to save people. There were uh, our, our buddy Cosmo. Uh, you you hear him on Y one oh seven. He and his wife Cat. They're they're on the morning show and they had a caller today of someone who you know was right next to one of the people who was shot and this person was uh, a, a lady who was a retired EMT and had a whole bunch of experience and just. Jumped in, helped out, stopped the bleeding, talked with her, talked with the parents, became a light of hope for someone who was in major distress. And it was sometimes it's hard to listen to, but it tells you that there's there's hope, right? That's the important thing. And I said it better. Yeah. I mean, just I I know there's the, the healing process will be underway. It's I hate that we have to have a healing process. That's what we're mad about. But um, but glad that the people who were in the positions where they were to help were, including the chiefs, like Trey Smith with the you know helping out the kid who was, you know, freaking out obviously and said let him hold the WWE belt to make him feel and they like just talked wrestling and just you know made him feel comfortable again. Andy Reid helping out people like say hey are you okay are you okay just I mean the people who did the the right thing there I'm I'm happy that they were where they were to help those who were in major distress. Um, and again, we're, we're keeping you updated on everything that, that happened from uh, from the tragic events of yesterday. We'll have a live local sports center with that coming up. Under the bus is next. There was a very interesting coaching move today in college football. It seems that we're having one, one of these per week too, right? Because last week was crazy. and Yeah, but this one I think might be – this one feels a little different to me. I, I'm excited to kind of parse this out and see if you agree. Yeah, it does kind of feel different to me, too. We're going to get to that uh, and under the bus. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. It's time to go under the bus on the Big Show. All right, under the bus now with uh, Andy and Brendan here on the Big Show. This was pretty shocking news out of Georgia State today. Their head football coach, Sean Elliott, resigned today. You might think, well, he probably got, you know, a, another head coaching job somewhere, probably at a bigger program than uh, than Georgia State. Which wait a minute, is, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I believe, right? But you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're telling me that that's not what it was, and that instead he took a coordinator job in the NFL, like Jeff Hafley. That's what right. you're telling oh, me. Yeah, but that could have been also the case too. Uh, yeah, an NFL coordinator. That's that's pretty big step up, right? Uh, no, neither of those things. He is now the tight ends coach and run game coordinator for South Carolina. Again, <laughs> from head coach 
albeit at Georgia State, to tight ends coach slash run game coordinator at South Carolina. Now, again, Sunbelt to SEC, fine. But, man, and you also factor in, Georgia State started spring practice this week. Like Not they, anymore. They they, yeah, they postponed <laughs> spring football now because they don't have a head coach. Dude. This, this is crazy. Crazy. Well, same, same thing. <laughs> Come on. I just... He's the, by the way, he's the run game coordinator for the school that lost Marcus Carroll to Missouri. Mizzou's got their running back. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? Isn't that where he came from, Marcus yeah. Carroll? Yeah, Marcus Carroll was uh, Georgia, maybe Georgia State, Georgia Southern. want to make sure I check that. Oh, but, dang uh, it. Yeah, it could be Georgia Southern. I'll check for you, but yes. I'm uh, he was too. Georgia State. Georgia State. Georgia State. Go. You got it. I was going to say, because if it was Georgia Southern, I lied to everybody at Cardinals camp about that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're lucky you. Uh, Georgia okay. State. He was, he was a Georgia State guy. But, no, like, again, crazy. And I guess, it, is it being cited as, like, oh, the NIL's not all that great at Georgia State? Like, I, I have no idea. But this is just a movement. I mean, gosh, I don't know how. I don't know how Georgia State picks up the pieces after this. They gotta. They, they have to postpone their spring practices yeah. in the spring game. Yeah. They have to find a coach, Andy. Circle you wagons, like yeah, yeah. You want to do it? You want to go coach them? We'll coach, coach up those boys. Hey, hey we'll Georgia State. Where are your new football coaches? They would love that. They would love it. I mean. Who wouldn't love us as <laughs> Under the bus. joint head coaches in, in the Sun Belt? No, I would be the run game coordinator. Oh, you would be run is. game coordinator? Yeah, you tell the okay. running, you know how you coordinate the run game? You tell the running backs, hey, run toward that end zone and don't let those guys in the other jerseys uh, tackle you. Oh, okay. It's as simple as that, if we're being honest, right? I could That's have been Forrest Gump's run game coordinator. That's kind of what I'm, what okay. I'm preaching here. I see. Well, good luck with that. Uh, onto the bus to the 49ers as well. I mean, we're we're hearing more and more. Like once we get the uh, the the inside the NFL audio, the mic'd up audio from what was happening at the Super Bowl, and the in the latest episode from inside the NFL, kind of revealing how players and coaches were talking around the overtime coin toss, and how Andy Reid was, you know. Double check with Patrick Mahomes. Like, okay, you know, who's who's going to toss? They call it right. We want we want defense, right? Yeah, we want a defense first, and and then Shanahan saying, "Hey, Fred, we want the ball first. and then <laughs> and then after the call, Ooh. and uh, Fred Warner saying, "Yeah, we want the, take ball. the ball," and then the Mahomes is like, "Hey, they want the ball. They want the ball." Did and you Kelsey's see the like, slow mo? Oh. The slow mo video oh, of Mahomes it's like the moment that he looks across and the Niners have won the toss and he sees that they say they want the ball. Yeah. He like, it's like in slow motion, you see his eyes sort of light up. I mean, the one part that was confusing about that video to me, though, was Mahomes asking Andy which way he wants to kick. Like, well, wouldn't yeah. that only have been a choice for the Chiefs if the Niners if made this decision? lost the coin toss, I think, is what it was. Which they did lose the coin toss. Right, and so the they Niners... had to know which way they wanted to kick. I guess that's true. I guess he wanted to prepare for any situation. Like, if we lose the toss, what way yeah, do you want to kick? Yeah, which way do you want to kick? Because I don't but, think but in that situation. Have, there's no deferral, right? There's, right. You're picking defense. You're yep, picking you're right. kick because if you defer, then the other team gets to choose what they exactly, want to do. And the then direction. they'll say, okay, we'll kick. They get, they get it kick. both ways. Right. You can't defer. There's no other no, <laughs> no yeah. time to defer to. <laughs> right. Okay. 
I, that, thank you, because I was confused by that. Yeah, that no, it's all good. But, again, to see the Chiefs' almost jubilation of like, okay, they wanted the ball first, and the 49ers. They want the ball. They want the ball. Yeah, that's Mahomes just kept repeating it. He was pretty excited. Yeah. Under the bus. Yeah. You know? I think there was a moment too where Kelsey was like, "They can have it. <laughs> we don't get. We they, let them have it. Let them have it." Well, but then use check also like so. Apparently, if we don't score a touchdown, the game's not over. Oh, Dude, yeah, they did them just, so oh, dirty for putting man. that audio out there. Oh, they did them so dirty. But yeah, Juice was he was, he was learning on the fly. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports. On the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Any time of year is a good time for delicious handmade chocolates and candies. From the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Anniversary, birthday, any day. You can find them online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. It's coming, Brendan. EA Sports College Football. It's in the game? <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Uh, it's coming in the summer, apparently. They released a little 90-second trailer today yeah. of uh, you know big-time uh, expo at, uh, at the Rose Bowl, and, and they're going to have, I think, a full trailer in May when they actually get the graphics worked out because I think that's still in the process. But, like, it's coming. I, yeah. Let's just make sure. Like, when it gets released, I'll believe it. I was pretty skeptical that we'd even get this far. Right. I thought we'd see a delay announcement by now. Um, but we got a trailer. We got a teaser trailer. I don't so. know. We've gotten as close to a release date as we've ever had with this uh, with this last trailer here. Summertime. It's starting to feel real, but right? there could still be a setback. It feels like within that range oh, yeah. where the 30 for 30 is going to come out about the setback on the, you know, they'll they'll do documentaries about how <laughs> we almost had a college football game again. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wait. And you know what, Andy? Even if it gets released, when it gets released, I'll be optimistic. I'm not going to buy it. At least not right away. I will let the others be the guinea pigs because it's probably going to be like 80, 90 bucks. Oh, it'll I'm be little, up there. Yeah. I'm a little cheap. And it, also, I don't have a PlayStation 5, so we're talking Nintendo Switch. If they oh, release right. to the Switch, I got one of those. Like, I'm just going to wait. I do I'm not have the console that would probably be most functional for for this game. Are, are PS5s going to sell out again, like be unavailable because of all the people that have waited and waited and haven't bought one and they're only going to be getting it for the game that's going to be interesting to see it's very possible i i'm not even a couple generations close to where we are now with that but you know we have, got a, we have a, got a game boy color we have a back switch. at home okay <laughs> we've got that but uh Andy's on a sega yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey those new cardinals pitchers looking pretty good sunny gray Brendan's raving about him early on. We'll talk some Cardinals spring training next on The Big Show.